0: Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Let's Talk Low Vision, sponsored by the Council of Citizens with Low Vision International. My name is Dr. Bill Takesta, and I'm really glad to be your host this evening as we talk about what are the main differences between the iPhone and Android-based cell phones. This evening, we're really, really very, very fortunate to have two of the real experts in the country on the field of technology, as well as cell phones. Uh, From St. Louis, Missouri, I believe it is, uh, we have Mike Arrigo. Welcome to the show, Mike.
1: Thank you, Bill. Glad to be
0: here. Yes, and just want to say, you know, I I really have enjoyed listening to so many of your podcasts that you have done. Uh, I'll never forget the time that I I heard you doing one of your live podcasts that you recorded when you were using one of the GPS programs, and I said, this is amazing. This guy could do a live podcast that he's recording live on his, I think it was your Victor Reader stream, and uh, still you were able to keep everything organized, and you did
1: it so well, so thank you. Yeah, that was fun. Um, that was, oh gosh, I did a couple of GPS ones. I did some comparing some iPhone apps, and then, of course, if you really want to go back, back in 2009, I did a, one comparing uh, Mobile Geo and Wayfinder, which those platforms, of course, really no longer exist, but they were they were fun. I, I did enjoy <laughs> them for sure.
0: Yeah, no, no, that was just really, really fantastic. And uh, also I'd like to introduce everybody to Julian Vargas. Julian has been a guest on our show before, as he has told us a lot about the iPhone, and Julian's always a great resource. So thank you again, Julian.
2: Oh, you're quite welcome, Dr. Bill. A pleasure to be here.
0: Yeah. Well, one of the things that is really the most common question that I am asked every day at our center by our patients is, they want to know about cell phones they want to know what is the most accessible cell phone and i also find that nowadays people really are ready to use their cell phones for money other tasks as a result when i do tell them that if they do purchase a smartphone it's going to cost them more in monthly fees but they say you know what i understand that and i just want to use all the functionality So, Julian, why don't you answer that first question for some of our listeners. Actually, what is a smartphone?
2: Uh, A smartphone is basically a device that can have the uh, operating system modified in such a way to perform different tasks, similar to what you have with computers. And in fact, the smartphone and even the tablet is fast replacing the traditional desktop and even laptop computers. Uh, Oftentimes when people uh, ask me about the iPhone or even Android phones, I'll say, you know, these are devices that can run all kinds of apps, They can be used to replace all kinds of different blindness-related products, Uh, read email, communicate with people. Oh, yeah, by the way, they also make and receive phone calls. (laughs)
0: Yeah, it's kind of convenient that they could also do the phone calls, isn't it? But I know that uh, I have really just found the smartphones to be so valuable, and I was recently at the Cal State University Northridge Disability and Technology Conference in San Diego, and I really noticed a major change in the trends, and that is there are so many people who are producing applications for these cell phones, And these cell phones are really very, very beneficial for all of us in the community of low vision because they are making things more competitive. It's making the products better. The competition does that. And we're also seeing that prices are coming down. Another thing that I have noticed is that many of these programs and different companies that produce different tools for us who are visually impaired, they are simply using – either the iPhone or Android type of phone. And they're using this really as the basis of of the products that they're developing. So I feel that in the future, we're going to see that there will be cell phones that are under the hood of many of these devices. Now, Mike, uh, tell us a little bit about how you first got interested in the smartphones. And I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that you have had experience with both the iPhone and the Android operating system. So tell us first a little bit about yourself. Are are you totally blind? Are you partially sighted? And how did you first come to become interested in using these phones?
1: Sure. Um, I have a little bit of vision, enough to be dangerous, Um, (laughs) I like to say. I I can't read print. Um, I can tell you if print is on a page, but I can't can't read it. Um, And... I can see what's in front of me, although ironically, with the eye condition I've got, the vision I do have actually works better in the dark than in light. If I go out like during the day, I can hardly see anything. Um, so it's ironic. If I'm traveling someplace or walking, I can actually walk a little bit faster at night because I see better um, then. But, um, yeah, I, I've had a cell phone since 1997, um, and, of course, all I could – back then they really just made – Calls anyway. Maybe did texting. That was it. Um, I got my first accessible cell phone in 2005. It was a, a Nokia 6620. It was a Symbian platform, and uh, I used uh, different Symbian phones up until what was it 2009, 2010, something like that. And then um, I um, I did get an iPhone, which I, I still have actually here. Um, and then I, I did get a, several Android devices um, you know, starting about a year or two ago. And um, the main thing, of course, that gets me interested in smartphones is that they are they are accessible. We can we can do most of the things, if not all the things, that sighted people do, and on the same devices. And what particularly interests me now with um, the iPhone and Android, which yes, I do have experience with both of them, is the accessibility is built in we are not paying extra anymore like we had to on the Symbian or the Windows mobile mobile platforms we are not paying extra anymore for the accessibility and that's that's really the way it should be i mean we can get these devices and we can use them just as a sighted person does and we don't pay anything more than sighted people do for the access and that's one of the things that i think is is really good and really that's that's the way it should be i think
0: Yes, it really is very, very important, and again, it's really so much more affordable for people who are blind or partially sighted. Now, the main thing about the two different classifications of smartphones, um, for this discussion, we're going to talk primarily about the Apple iPhones and phones that run the Android operating system, is really the operating systems, the, the, the program that allows these phones to work are different. Julian, will you basically share with everybody what is really the main differences between the operating system that runs the iPhone versus Android phones
2: well uh, just as a as a basic answer it's very similar to asking what is the difference between the Mac operating system and windows it's two different platforms and um, the Applications are obviously written and coded to be compatible with each one. Um, but then getting beyond that, um, a little bit more of a pronounced difference between the two is the um, the nature of them or the philosophy of how they are administered. The iOS uh, platform, which is basically Apple's mobile operating system, it is found on iPod Touches, iPhones, and iPads. Tends to uh, as Apple has traditionally been uh, a little it tends to be a little more proprietary. It tends they tend to be a lot more controlling of the experience that they want you to have with their device. Um, and for some people, that's great because it it makes for a very simple user interface. It's it's designed inherently to not be very difficult to understand, uh, just so that you can pick it up and without too much uh, time invested in it, you get to be pretty good at, at moving around and, and making use of it. The Android operating system, on the other hand, is a an open source platform, meaning that Google puts out this operating system and puts it out in the wild, and people are able to do whatever they want to do with it. Companies can customize it, and you see this a lot in uh, different manufacturers, like HTC has... Their customization overlay that they put over Android, Samsung has the TouchWiz that they put on theirs, etc. Also, the phone carriers are able to modify the operating system again to um, what they would like to have you use, um, and it's, and meant to, to be optimized for their settings. Uh, none of this happens with iOS because the, the um, because Apple stays in very tight control over iOS. So there's not a lot of customization that the companies can do above and beyond it. The other thing about Android, of course, is because it is open source, if you get a hold of a phone that runs the uh, stock Android or some call it vanilla Android, it means that it is exactly as Google puts it out. There's no overlay, and you can really do a lot more customization and tinkering and tweaking of it than you can with a device whose uh, operating system is more locked down.
0: So with all of that in mind, it really also gives a little bit of a picture of the future. I think that with Android, because it is an open, open type of source system, many inventors or many people who simply want to produce something to help people or people who are just simply trying to produce applications and sell them and make a lot of money, there is much more opportunity for people to develop these types of programs for the Android system, whereas those who are going to try to make an application for the Apple system, for the iPhone, uh, it's a little bit more strict. They have to get everything approved by Apple. Um, would you say that's about accurate, Mike?
1: Yes, I would say that's that's very accurate. Um, with the, Just to kind of add to what Julian was saying, Android um it's neither neither philosophy is really wrong they're just different um if you want a device to just work you're not worried about how it works you you don't you know you're not wanting to really tinker a lot you know the ios is a good is a good platform on the other hand if you want much more control over your device and what you're able to put on it and things like that then android is is definitely a better choice and yes when it comes to applications Um, really, with Android, there isn't as much of an app approval process. I mean, a developer, as long as the application doesn't have malware, of course, um, a developer is pretty much free to develop an application and put it on the Google Play Store, and it's available usually within, within a couple of hours. And even if, for whatever reason, they don't want to distribute it through the Play Store, you can do what's called sideloading an application, which basically means you simply copy the file to your phone and install it that way. Whereas on the iPhone, unless you do something to get around Apple's restrictions, you can only install applications that Apple approves. And Apple, basically there are very strict guidelines where Apple says, you know, you, you can do this, you may not do that, and, you know, an application has to to adhere to that, and if it's not, then Apple will not approve it. And you can only, out of the box at least, um, and unless you do some hacking to get around it, you can only install applications that Apple approves.
0: Now, let's talk about the first thing for some of the people out there who are thinking about shopping for their first smartphone. First of all, what about service providers? Uh, when we talk about different telephone companies, whether it's AT&T versus Verizon or T-Mobile, uh, do we, do we find that most of these service providers do they make their phones available through through each of these different services? Uh, Julian, you want to answer that?
2: Well, um, all the phone carriers here in the U.S. Uh, carry um, um, Android phones. Most carry the iPhone. Well, I mean the three of the big four currently carry the iPhone. AT&T, Verizon, and Sprint currently offer the iPhone. Uh, Very strong rumors coming out that this year T-Mobile is also going to begin offering the iPhone. But in in lieu of not offering the iPhone, T-Mobile has been aggressively revamping its network to be compatible with GSM iPhones. So when you have people, for example, who either bought their iPhone unlocked or are switching from AT&T and can get AT&T to unlock their phone for them and want to go to T-Mobile. In a lot of the bigger cities now, T-Mobile has optimized the network to give really good performance to the GSM iPhone.
0: So at this time, if a person knows that the community that they live in, that the best service comes if they are using Verizon, you don't have as many drop calls, Uh, through Verizon a person has the option of of buying an iPhone, or they can buy an Android-based phone. Now, what about the variety of different types of phones? I, I hear so many different commercials, and they have the Nexus, and so many other new phones now. When a person is going to choose a particular cell phone, how many options do they have available of different
1: types of phones
0: do they have for the Apple Versus the Android, Mike.
1: Um, you will certainly have much more variety with Android. the The iPhone right now, I believe the the iPhone 4S is is still available, and then the iPhone 5, of course, which is the newest one, are, are your two choices, and that's pretty much it for Android. You have you have many more. Options available to you. There's, of course, the really popular one is the Samsung Galaxy. Um, that's a very popular one. Um, there's some from HTC that are popular. If you want to just buy an unlocked phone, if you're using either AT and T or T-Mobile, which are the GSM carriers, um, you can get the the Nexus 4, which is that you can get that directly from Google, and then you simply put in your SIM card from either AT and T or T-Mobile, and and it works. and Really, um, and that doesn't apply to Sprint or um, Verizon because they use a different technology, and this doesn't apply. But if you're using a GSM carrier, I always suggest people look at look at some phones that are actually what are called SIM unlocked, which means they're not tied to any carrier, and you can use any SIM card because you will have much more variety uh, in getting in getting those uh, getting those types of phones. You'll pay more for the phone outright. But it's worth it because then you're, you're not stuck in a two-year uh, contract. You can just uh, get, the, get the SIM card, and, and, and uh, you have many more options. So, yes, certainly you will have many more options available if you go um, Android. Uh, with the iPhone right now, you really have two.
0: So, Julian, I know that you have an unlocked iPhone. And uh, is your Android phone that you have also an unlocked phone?
2: Yes, I've been a big fan of Unlocked phones now for several years because I like the ability to have choice, not to mention that as a technology trainer, from showing different phones to different clients, it's kind of nice to be able to switch uh, cards between phones depending on what I want to show a client. So I like the flexibility of Unlocked. So yes, I have the Unlocked iPhone 5. And I also, uh, at the very beginning of the year, acquired the Google Nexus 4 that Mike spoke about, which is sold directly uh, through the Google Play Store, and it comes automatically unlocked, which means that I can put in uh, either an AT&T or a T-Mobile SIM card, and the phone just works.
0: Now, one of the things here, um, Mike, I know that you just had stated that there's uh, many advantages for our consumers to be purchasing GSM phones, and can you tell us what are those advantages of purchasing a GSM phone, and what is the other counterpart to the GSM phone?
1: Okay, yeah, let's 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 look at the two cell phone technologies that are really common and sort of kind of um, explain this a little better. And I'll try my best to not to make this too technical so, um, so everybody understands. There are really two cell phone technologies at this point we have um gsm which stands for global standard for mobile communications that the c there it's not gsmc it's just gsm um this is used by at&t and t-mobile um and it's also used pretty much everywhere else in the world uh in europe australia asia other places gsm is a global standard it's it's what pretty much every other carrier uses and one of the main advantages to it uh, and by the way let's let's back up a second when you hear LTE which actually all the carriers even in, in this in this country are going to LGE is LTE is basically 4G GSM is what it is it's the fourth generation of it and uh, all the carriers are switching to that so the technology that I'm going to talk about here will be probably phased out it might take several years but eventually, it will probably get um, get phased out. But one of the big advantages of of the GSM standard is that your phone number and your account information is not stored on the phone itself. It's stored on a card called a SIM card, which stands for Subscriber uh, Identity m- Module, and that basically has your your account information, um, your phone number, all of that, and you can take that card out of a phone, put it into another phone, and that phone then has your account information. Now, a lot of the, when you get a subsidized phone from a carrier, of course, they don't want you to basically get the phone at the cheap price and then go off and use another carrier with that phone. So what they will do a lot of times is what they call SIM lock that phone, which means it will only work with the SIM card from That provider. So if you get a phone from AT&T or or T-Mobile, it will usually only work with that carrier SIM card. If you try to put in a different one, it will say, you know, the SIM card's not valid or something to that effect. When you get what's called the unlocked phones, these are phones that come directly from the manufacturer. They're not tied to a carrier. They are, they are SIM unlocked and will work with any SIM. So you could have an unlocked phone. You put, you have an AT&T SIM card and you Put it in there. If you have an AT and T account, it works on AT and T. You take that out. You put in a T-Mobile SIM card, and it works on on T-Mobile. So you you could basically have several phones, and I actually have a couple of different ones. And uh, if you want to switch to a different phone, you don't even have to notify the carrier. Simply take your SIM card out, put it in the other phone, and you are you're you're ready to go. Okay. So the other technology is CDMA, which stands for Code Division Multiple Access. This is used by Sprint and Verizon currently, um, aside from their LTE, which they are rolling out. But what this is, the the uh, account is actually tied to the serial number on the phone. So this is why unlocked phones really don't apply as much. Uh, with CDMA, you are much more limited because um, those phones will really only work on the carrier that they are designed to work on, so um, usually you could not like have a, sp- a phone that was made for Sprint and use it on on Verizon. It's much more restrictive, and it pretty much only works on the carrier it was made for. And so, with CDMA carriers, you are pretty much limited in what you can get. You have to pretty much take what they offer you, and that's and that's pretty much it. If, if the phone you want is not available through them, you're, you're not going to use it with one of those two carriers. And that's why that's why I'm a big fan of GSM. It's, it's just far more flexible.
0: Yeah, it really does sound like it has a lot of advantages. And I noticed that both of you um, have GSM phones. It, it's kind of interesting that both of you have GSM phones. And so, Julian, I noticed that uh, because you recently did purchase that Nexus phone that runs the Android operating system, and you then also have your iPhone, um, do you basically just have one phone number or one account with your carrier, whether it's, if it's AT&T or T-Mobile, and when you want to use your iPhone, do you put the SIM card in the iPhone? And if the next day you want to use your Nexus, do you then just put the SIM card in the other phone and you, you don't necessarily have to have accounts for each phone?
2: Uh, yes, although I currently have service through both AT&T and T-Mobile, so I, I have service with both the GSM carriers here in the U.S. And depending on my needs, yes, it's as simple as uh, just swapping the cards between uh, the different phones. And like Mike said, that that's the beauty of GSM is that you have that kind of flexibility. I don't have to call customer service and get them to deactivate one and activate the other and go through all of that nonsense, and then uh, in some cases have to remember the serial number on the, on the phone or anything like that. It's just as simple as uh, turn off the phone, pull out the card from one, pop it into the other, turn that one on, and now that phone is to the network, uh, shows as me, and I can use uh, the services just as I was doing with the other phone.
0: I see the convenience of that. That seems really great. And if a, we did have a person, Julian, who travels often to asia or to europe i know that mike said that gsm phones is the technology that's used in many other parts of the world does that mean that you could simply take either one of your either your gsm iphone or your gsm nexus take it to japan for example and then simply purchase another sim card that would work in japan and you're ready to go
2: Yes. Um, these phones nowadays all come with the, with all the GSM bands used throughout the world. So uh, because my SIM uh, portion of the phone is unlocked, I can land wherever I uh, get to and go right to a kiosk, pick up a local uh, SIM for, for a local carrier there, and now if I need to use data or anything like that, I can oftentimes get data at a much lower rate. I'm, I'm, at that point, I'm paying the local rate, for goods and services, not the, uh, the tourist rate that uh, one usually gets stuck with when you when you have to roam uh, onto somebody else's network. These companies all have agreements with each other. And what ends up happening is, of course, uh, your phone company back at home sends you a pretty big bill when you get back because you use data. You roamed onto another country's network. And that carrier builds them, and they in turn uh, bill you, and of course have to make a profit in the, in the mix of it all. So, when you, uh, it's nice to be able to bypass all that and just be able to buy a SIM card from a local carrier and use data at the local range.
0: Wow, that's really convenient. I like that. I like that. Now, what about accessibility with the phones? I know that you've said that both the the two operating systems, the iPhone and the Android operating systems their phones are very very accessible um mike when a person purchases either the uh, nexus or the iphone how accessible is that phone right from the beginning or how much work does it involve
1: to make that phone accessible okay for the iphone again it's 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 much more limited with the phone so it's 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 a bit more, um, I guess, consistent in in this. Um, Usually, although I've heard this doesn't always work, but in many cases you can just take an iPhone out of the box, you press the home button three times, and it enables uh, voiceover, which is the screen reader. Um, If that doesn't work, which I've heard sometimes it doesn't, um, you can certainly connect it to your computer and uh, use iTunes to enable it. Um, Android, if it's a stock Android phone like the Nexus, what you do is you take the phone out and you fire it up, and once you, once the phone's booted up, you take two fingers and you hold them on the screen for about five or six seconds, and it will say, uh, you know, continue holding your fingers to enable accessibility. So you hold it for a few more seconds, and then what it does is it starts to speak, and the first thing it does is it takes you through a tutorial to show you the gestures and how to interact with the phone once the screen reader, which is called a talkback, is is enabled. So, yes, um, they are both accessible out of the box. Now, one thing with some of these other phones, like from Samsung and and other phones that put a relay or an overlay on top of Android, that may or may not work. Um, It usually does with the newest phones, um, so it, it should work fine, but certainly... With a phone like the Nexus, which is which is stock Android, that works. And then from there, um, the screen reader on both devices will remain active. Even if you power the phone off and back on again, um, it will remain active unless you um, deliberately disable it, which probably you wouldn't want to do. There'd be no reason to. Um, but uh, so, yeah, yeah, they both they both, um, they both uh, provide the out-of-box accessibility, and you should be able to set them up with outside of help.
0: Now, I I find it also very, very interesting. I don't know, maybe you guys have spoken with each other and you both decided to buy the Nexus, uh, a GSM Nexus phone. But, uh, Julian, um, what what was really the main reason that you went and purchased the Nexus phone with the Android operating system when you already have the iPhone 4S and the iPhone 5? Uh, Were you dissatisfied with your iPhones? Or was this just something that you did out of curiosity?
2: Uh, for me, it was purely out of curiosity. I'm just, uh, at, at heart, I'm a tinkerer. I, I like to play with new things and uh, uh, explore new uncharted territory, although in this case it's not really uncharted. But I have, I've been keeping up with the uh, Android accessibility uh, situation uh, uh in part uh, with Mike Garrigo's uh, podcast uh, over the years on it. And I find I, when, it, when it came to the Nexus 4 being released, I had heard enough about the current version of Android that runs on that phone, which is called Jelly Bean, and the accessibility improvements that have been made that I figured, okay, it, I think it's about time to give an Android device a try, um, not only for my own satisfaction or curiosity, but also, again, as somebody who trains people on portable devices and who's asked more and more about Android, I figure it's really time for me to know about it so that I can answer that question uh, better for people and, g- and give them you know, a, a, a more informed answer as opposed to one that just leans more toward one direction and completely ignores the other. So. I remember I called Mike and I was talking and I was getting some advice from him because originally I was looking at getting the Nexus 7 tablet because that, that sells for a really good low price. And then we were talking and came to the realization that the tablet didn't have things like a camera. And one of the things I wanted to be able to test on Android was OCR and, and money, currency identifying, barcode scanning, and things like that. So quickly realized that... Uh, the uh, the tablet wasn't the way to go. I, I needed to get the phone, so that's what I did. I, I went online, and I put in the order for the phone, and it took, I think, like four weeks because it was on back order. <laughs> but wow. the phone arrived, actually. I got it New Year's Eve when I got home from traveling, and um, it's been a lot of fun.
0: Now, um, Julian, may I ask, um, what, what has been the, the prices of these phones? If you were to compare the iPhone 5 that you just purchased and then also the Nexus
2: well there's a huge price difference actually Uh, the iPhone 5 unlocked for 16 gigabyte model Uh, when you buy it unlocked means you don't get it with a carrier subsidy so you're paying the full Apple retail price of $649 plus tax the Nexus 4 was $300 cheaper and it also has 16 gigabytes of storage Uh, The processor is equal to, if not even a little faster than the iPhone 5, and it was, uh, again, unlocked. So I was really impressed with the pricing on this Nexus phone because I I would have expected it to be uh, on par with the iPhone.
0: Wow, I'm I'm surprised at that price also. Now, Mike, uh, you, you basically stated that both the iPhone and the Nexus they're very, very easy to get the accessibility. With the iPhone, you could press the home key three times. And uh, with the Nexus, you could put two fingers on the screen, hold it there. And I like the fact that it does give you a bit of a tutorial. Um, what's your what's your feelings, what's your uh, ratings regarding the voice that comes from the phones? If you're talking about voice over from the iPhone versus TalkBack from, from the Nexus or the Android, which one do, do you pre- prefer or are there... Any advantages or disadvantages of each?
1: Okay. Um, The iPhone's voice uses the Nuance of Vocalizer. So those of you that are familiar with, like, um, Samantha is the voice that it uses uh, on that. Um, It's the same voice that's also on the Victor Reader, and it's commonly used in some of the GPS uh, devices like Garmin and and TomTom and things like that. Um, It's decent. Um, It's decent. Um, certainly very understandable. On Android, it's a little more interesting because, again, we, we get into this more this this flexibility thing of Android. The voice that comes with Android, um, the U.S. English voice that comes with it is okay. It's, it's definitely very understandable, although out of the box, I actually like the U.K. English voice a little bit better. It's a U.K. English male voice. But the difference with Android is... You can install other voices uh, and and then use them as your system voice for your screen reader, for your GPS navigation, whatever the case might be. You can't do that on the iPhone. With the iPhone, you are limited to what voices Apple gives you, and that's that. They don't let you install other system voices. So on Android, we have um, some other voices. Let's see. We have the acapella voices. uh, That's Heather... Uh, Ryan, those are the U.S. English voices, for those of you who are familiar with that. Um, We have Ivona, which is what I use. Um, That's my favorite one. There's a U.S. English voice named uh, Kendra, and there's also other languages for these also. And once you install a voice um, and you can set what your default text-to-speech engine is, then TalkBack, your screen reader, or any other application that speaks will use that voice. So if you don't like a voice on Android, there's a lot more that you can do about it than you can on, on the iPhone.
0: Oh, that's nice. All right. Um, Julian, I know that you do have some vision, but I also know that you do use the voiceover. But for some of our listeners who primarily would like to use the magnification features of the iPhone and the magnification features of the Nexus, uh, can you can you share some comments about the visibility using in the magnification and the changes of contrast and such?
2: Uh, I will be upfront and say that I have not played too much with the magnification on the Android. However, on the um, I- iPhone, it works very nicely. Um, and the nice thing too with the latest version of the uh, operating system with the iPhone is that now you can use the magnification along with VoiceOver. Prior to iOS 6, uh, it was either one or the other. So. It's nice that you can use them both, and you can also have the colors inverted, uh, which works very nicely.
0: So um, can you, again, uh, clarify a little bit more? So is it only if, let's say that a person does have an older iPhone, the iPhone 4S, they would then simply need to upgrade their operating system to iOS 6, and then they could use the magnification and the voiceover speech?
2: Yes, this is one of the, one of the uh, plus things for, for the Apple side of this, is that uh, Apple continues to support a lot of their older devices. And if I'm not mistaken, I think uh, as far back as the iPhone 3GS, which was the one that came out in 2009 that was the first to have accessibility built into it, I think even that phone is still capable of installing the latest versions of iOS 6. So all the, and, of course, the, the performance is going to vary because the newer operating system makes more demand on the hardware. Older phones have slower hardware, so you may have some lag and things like that. But you can still run the newer operating system, even on older iPhones.
0: Oh, that's great. Now, Mike, have you had any uh, experience with the magnification features of the uh, uh, Android operating
1: systems, the Nexus? I, I haven't because I don't use that. I can tell you what's available in there, but uh, I can't tell you how it works. There is um, a magnifier um, where you can use gestures to um, move a, a magnifier around the screen that will magnify what um, whatever you, you move to, and there is also a setting that says large text, which – Is is pretty self-explanatory. It makes the text larger on screen. So, um, the newest Android does have it, and you can use it at the same time as uh, as TalkBack. That's not a problem. Um, But uh, I have no uh, I have no experience with it since um, I I can't read print. I can tell if something's on the screen or not, but I can't read it. So there'd be no I I don't have enough vision to read it. So there'd be you know I haven't used the notification.
0: And Mike, do you, do, you, do you say that it is like a magnification lens, like a, a part of the screen will be magnified or is the entire screen magnified?
1: I don't know. I know there are gestures that you can use to to move, to move the magnification around. That I that I do know, but I don't know if it also does the whole screen or how exactly that works. I I'm just not I'm just not sure on that.
0: Okay. Now, Julian, I know that you have compared, you said you compared um, the effectiveness of some of the different types of applications, such as currency readers and other things. Um, Can you share a a couple of the more popular applications that you have used on both phones and any comments as to perhaps if one works better than the other? Let's start first with the currency identifier.
2: Okay, for currency identification, my favorite app on the iPhone is the Looktel Money Reader, which sells for nine dollars and ninety-nine cents, if I'm not mistaken. It's an excellent product. It just—it's very simple. You just turn it on and hold the uh, phone, uh, the camera, the phone, hover it over any U.S. currency, and it in, in instantly identified. And actually, I understand it works with euros and Australian and. Uh, Canadian dollars, and a few other ones that I can't think of. I think pounds, British pounds as well. So you hold it over currency, and it's almost instantly identified. Uh, On the Android side, there are two apps. Uh, One is called Darwin Wallet, and the other one is called Ideal Currency Reader. Um, They are both free, interestingly enough, and work just about as good as the LookTel product. I think, and Mike can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the Darwin Wallet, the advantage of it is that it actually uses the, uh, the, the flash feature of the phone to provide lighting, where I think the ideal currency reader does not. So you have to have good lighting around you, where the uh, Darwin wallet you can use in a dark room and still uh, get results. Correct. Yes, that's right.
0: Great. Now, Mike, what are uh, 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 some of your favorite applications that you, you have used, and uh, can you compare them on the two phones?
1: Um, sure. Um, now I have an older iPhone. Mine is the 3GS, and yes, it does run iOS um, six. Um, and uh, certainly for the for the money identification, yeah, Julian's right on par on that. Um, now, uh, radio apps is another area. Actually, I'll, I'll cover I'll cover two areas here, if I if I may. Radio apps, and and this is pretty equal. Um, and you will find, and this is a good thing, that most of the apps are available for both platforms. Um, for radio apps, there's a really good app called TuneIn Radio that's available on both platforms. Um, it allows you to get radio stations from around the world, um, and it's really good. Um, there's another one called a Slacker Radio that kind of – you basically tell it what format you like, and it basically makes kind of a homemade radio station, as it were. As it gives you songs, you say, yes, I like it, or no, yes, I like this song, no, I don't. And over time, then it kind of learns your, your – um, your your pattern and will and will adjust accordingly. Another app. Uh, this is only on Android. It's not on iOS though. Cindero is actually working on one for iOS, and I think Julian, you have this app too, so you can um, you can probably attest to this one too. Nearby Explorer. What this is is a it's a GPS app for the blind, and it just it is it is awesome. It will um sort of do what Wayfinder did on the Symbian phones and what mobile geo did on Windows mobile phones? It will um, tell you what you're close to as you as you walk. It will say like Main Street is ahead in 100 yards. Um, it will also tell you uh, what places you are close to, and it actually uses the Google map to tell you that. So its its point of interest database is is um, is phenomenal. That that is probably one of my favorite uh, apps on the smartphone. It's just it's awesome.
0: Wow, sounds really, really great. Julian, I know that you have been, uh, you were telling me about some of the barcode scanners and how you've been able to be even a smarter shopper by using uh, applications on your iPhone. Have you been able to try any similar types of barcode scanners uh, for your Nexus?
2: Um, I have not really played or found any. I, I know that. Um there are some uh, barcode things out there i haven't gotten a chance to play with those much but i can tell you on on the iphone side i really like digitize uh, by digital miracles it's one of the best barcode scanning apps i've ever worked with and it is made specifically for people with visual impairments so it's a lot more forgiving than some of the commercial products but what i find with a lot of the commercially available barcode readers out there is that they want you to line the barcode up and put it right uh, within a box or a rectangle that's on the screen. And if you don't get it just right, you're not going to get a read on that barcode. Whereas the Digitize app, it doesn't, it's not trying to get you to line it up anywhere. As long as the camera sees a barcode, it's going to grab it and get you the results. And even with the newest versions of it now, it gives you little beeps and hints and things to uh, to let you know that you're getting close to a barcode.
0: Now, uh, Mike, how about, do you do any training to consumers or patients with low vision on how to use both both uh, uh, different operating systems for the phones, the iPhone and also the Nexus or the Android?
1: One app um, I'll just mention briefly for Android, I think this does do barcodes. Um, it certainly does identification. It's a great app. I use it a lot. It's called Google Goggles. <laughs> uh-huh. um, it's But what it does is it actually takes a picture of an item um, and it will get, check a database, and it's a very good database actually, and tell you what that um, what that product is and even read some of the text. I, I can tell you a story about this on Christmas actually. I was at a friend of mine's house, and we decided to have some dinner, and she had several um, cans of uh, soup, and we didn't know what they were. But with uh, the Google Goggles, we were able to actually tell which one was which. Because it would yep. say like you know can of clam chowder or a can of you know vegetable. It, it really it just these phones with all the stuff they have on them these sensors cameras and you know compasses and GPS. They they really it's amazing the kind of things that they that they're able to do. Um, as far as training, um, I haven't done a whole lot of of one on one training. I have done actually. Um, <laughs> it's kind of funny you should ask that. I, I did. Um, I did uh, do some one-on-one training for somebody with an iPhone, uh, a good a very good friend of mine uh last year and she's actually a voice teacher so I traded her some uh, iPhone training for some voice lessons
0: <laughs> which oh. I think
1: is a good, which I think is a good trade. Um but in addition to that of course I the best the, the main way I do my training is is through my podcasts and I and that's why I try to uh to be as thorough as possible when I do those to try to you know so people can use those as both a demonstration to see, you know, is this something that they want to get into or want to try, or if they already have it, um, something that they can use to learn how to use something or, or, you know, how how something works. And I try to I try to do them in a way that that covers both things. And um, you know, I'm glad people find them so useful.
0: Yeah. Now, now, how can people get a hold of those podcasts?
1: Um, a lot of my uh, Macintosh podcasts and some of my Android ones, although. The Android ones on this site are pretty much outdated for the most part because they covered Android 2.3, and the accessibility has come light years in Android since then. But um, check out uh, blindcooltech.com. It's all one word, just blindcooltech.com. You'll find a lot of mine there. Um, they're not really posting new stuff as much anymore, so now you'll find uh, any new podcasts I do on the Blind Geek Zone, which is blind geek dot net and I've already done let's see three i think' have i done i think I've done three so far up there on some different things so okay, you can great. check you can you can check those out uh, up up there
0: yeah blind dash geek dash zone dot net mm-hmm okay great. Now, Julian, I know you do a lot of training. You know, thus far from the discussion this evening, I I see that, you know, these types of phones, both the iPhone and also the Android phones, such as the Nexus, they're available through most carriers. Uh, We do know that there are a greater selection of phones available for the Android, um, but we also know that the iPhones are really one of the more popular phones among people with low vision. So just based on your experience only from teaching people, um, do you find that one particular phone is easier for people to learn, and perhaps another phone would be better suited for people who are very technical?
2: Yeah, uh, the majority of my training uh, has been with iPhone. I think, uh, well, for one thing, it's been around longer in terms of an accessible version of it, you know, since... 2009, as I mentioned, Apple put out the first iPhone that included the accessibility. So it's been around, it's had a chance to mature and had a lot of the kinks worked out of it. Where Android accessibility has, as Mike said, come light years since then. Uh, It really has made significant progress, but there's still, you know, a couple little kinks to be worked out here and there. And it's also, due to the nature of Android, a little more complicated for some people which for people like Mike and I is great because we like tinkering with things we just have that kind of geek mentality but a lot of people don't really have that mentality a lot of people just want something that uh they set it and forget it and it just works when they pick it up uh and I think iPhone uh is a little better in that respect because uh, you know for one thing its the accessibility is matured and for the other thing it's kind of just Apple's thing they want their devices to be instinctively yeah easy and simple to use, not very intimidating to a new person. So it really depends, but I've certainly had occasions where I've had people call me and, and ask me for recommendations, and I'll chat with them for a while, and it turns out I say to them, look, it sounds like you probably want an Android phone because you want more control and more flexibility than what iOS offers.
0: Great, Mike. Do you have anything else to add to that? Uh, do, you, do you share the same type of opinion about the comparison of the two operating systems?
1: I agree. Yes. Um, if you want something that's just going to work, you don't want to. You don't want to really tweak it. You just want to pick it up. You just want it to work. You're not worried about how it works, or or you don't. You know, the fact that you don't have as much control over your experience. If that doesn't bother you, then yeah, I would say you know iOS is a good choice. On the other hand. Um, if you want more control over your device and if you you know want to be able to tweak it if you want um, more flexibility and the ability to really do more with it as far as changing the experience uh, you know changing the voices again getting back to that or um, or that type of thing then yes android by far is a um, is a better choice so it it just again it's it's it, it depends on what kind of experience you are looking for. Certainly, um, they both will get the job done as far as you know being able to call and text and things like that. The good thing is now I think that the accessibility is to the point on both platforms where you don't have to say, well, I have to get this platform because it's the only one that's really accessible. They are they are accessible to the point where you can evaluate it really. It's really to the point now where you can make your decision really in a lot of ways based on what sighted people do. Do I want, you know, a really flexible experience or do I want, you know, something just to work? And both platforms will now give you, you know, the accessibility that you need where, where you don't have to really think about that quite as much because they both they, they both will work in that regard.
0: Great, great. Well, you know, thus far, it really sounds like they are both really excellent phones. They're both easily accessible. They both have magnification. They both have speech. You can run magnification and speech at the same time. They're both available in the GSM format so that you can simply take your phone, if needed, to a different country and use it. Um, It seems as though the cost of the Android, uh, such as the Nexus, can be less or more affordable than the iPhone, but it seems though iPhones may be a little bit easier to use right from the beginning. Um, at this time, gentlemen, are you able to take a few questions? We have about six minutes left. Can you, can you take some questions?
2: Yes, absolutely.
1: Absolutely, definitely.
0: Okay. Yes, if you have a question, uh, unmute your phone by pressing star six and go ahead and uh, ask your question. Yes, ask your question, please. yeah, uh, you did answer the question, but which is the uh the iPhone model that has the uh that you can do voice and the magnification
2: it uh any iPhone model that's out today from the three g s and above, as long as it is running the latest uh, version of the operating system, which is iOS six, is able to do voice and magnification at the same time. okay, thank you.
0: So, Julian, if a person may have one, um, but maybe their phone is not upgraded to iOS 6, how do they do that?
2: Well, if they're running iOS 5, they are going to need to uh, plug the phone into the computer and uh, do it through iTunes. Okay. um, Where You go into iTunes, and usually when you plug it in, it's going to tell you, Oh, there's a new version of the operating system. Would you like to update to it? And you tell it yes. And of course ideally you always want to back up your phone first prior to doing it. And uh then you're able to uh do the update. And um actually I think uh, I, I think I'm a little mistaken in that. I think even with iOS five you were able you're you're able to do over the air updates, uh which actually doesn't even involve a computer. If you go into settings and than then uh, general, uh, there's a section there called software updates. And if you go in there, it will check to see what the latest version is compared to what you have. And if there's a newer version, it will offer it to you. And uh, you want to make sure that you are at home within good range of your Wi-Fi and that your phone is plugged into an electrical source because it does involve the phone uh, shutting off and coming back on. I would give it a good... 20 or more minutes for the process from beginning to end to give it time to download the operating system. There's times that the phone is not going to speak to you because it is basically uh, rewriting the operating system. But when all is said and done, your phone should come up talking and you're now updated.
0: And uh, Mike, do you know if a person were to take their iPhone and they they just really weren't too savvy about doing these things, can they take it to the iPhone or the Apple store or take it to the uh... I forget what they call it—the Geek bar
1: Without the what? No, uh, the Genius Bar. Genius. <laughs>
0: Will they do that for people?
1: I don't see why they wouldn't. I don't know if they would charge you for it. Although it is—it is very simple. It's—it's um, it's, um, especially if you, if, like I say, if you have iOS five or greater, it's just a matter of um, really just going to Software Update, and it, it does take you through it step by step. I mean, it really—I don't see how Apple could actually make it any easier.
0: Okay, um, you know, Mike, I have a question. Um, when a person, if a person is interested in buying an Android phone, and they're going to take your opinion and 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 buy the Nexus, um, when when a person goes into the store, let's say they do go into an AT and T store or T Mobile store, uh, do you find that most of the sales staff are familiar with accessibility? Do they do they know how to uh, demonstrate how to put the two fingers on the screen and get it activated have you have you found that they've been very very knowledgeable
1: the few times uh, just to clarify the Nexus phone itself that particular one you you have to get it really from Google actually I think T-Mobile might be offering it but your best course if you want that is get it from uh, from from Google um, and that's for most of the unlocked phones that's that's the best way to go you won't get those from a carrier but oh. to answer your question um, Sometimes it just depends on it depends on the, the the person, and this kind of brings up another thing. Um, it it's if you're going to get a phone from a carrier and you don't want to go the unlocked route, or if you're using you know a Sprint or, or Verizon, um, sometimes salespeople may know about the accessibility, but sometimes they they may not, and. That's why it's it's good beforehand to do a little bit of homework, do a little research, so when you go into the store, you can you know tell them how to enable accessibility on you know whatever phone you might be you might be wanting to um, to look at whether it's an iPhone or you know and Android or whatever, and that way they can you know if you want to try it in the store. So I've seen a few that do know about it, but um, don't don't assume that. Okay. Um, because sometimes they sometimes they, they may not. Okay, thank you. Okay, we
0: have uh, time for one last question. Anybody have a question there for Mike or Julian Vargas? Yeah, I'm wondering, this is Steve from Connecticut. I'm wondering if, you, if there are phones for people with severe vision and hearing loss.
1: Well, the vision loss is kind of what we've been we've been talking about as far as the screen readers go. Now, right. a lot of the phones are um, hearing aid compatible, um, I know the iPhone is, and I believe most of the Android ones are too. Um, so in that case, you would enable you would enable that feature probably um, as far as that goes. And of course, vision loss. Again, you know, both platforms have the accessibility; they have a screen reader, so you would you would use that.
0: And I also saw at the CSUN conference uh, they were really advertising all the refreshable braille displays for people who are uh, able to read in braille. Uh, They had a lot of different types of Braille displays, so that would also be another option. And Julian, to your uh, knowledge, are both the Android and the iPhones, are they both quite compatible with refreshable Braille displays?
2: Um, Yes. uh, The iPhone, for sure, uh, is compatible with uh, several of the popular Braille displays. Um, Android is is definitely getting there as well. They they've got uh, something called BrailleBack, and Mike actually might be able to speak a little bit more about this than I could.
1: I haven't tried it. Uh, I'm on the I'm on the what's called the Eyes Free list, which is basically the blind Android users list. Um, yes, they do have BrailleBack. Um, it does now do a grade two Braille, so that's that's good. And uh, I assume I'm, I'm thinking it works with all the major displays. So yeah, as far as Braille support. Um, both platforms uh, should be fine with that.
0: Great. Well, thank you, both of you, very, very much. And I want to thank all of our audience for joining in this evening. i also like to really give special thanks to Mr. Dick Burden from AIRS LA, uh, the nonprofit organization that does these recordings for us. Uh, this recording will be available at AIRS LA at www.airsla.org. That's uh, www.airsla.org. And it will also be on the CCLVI website at www.cclvi.org. And also, it will also be broadcasted on ACB Radio on uh, Friday evenings. Uh, they broadcast many of these different podcasts that we have put on. And i really like to thank both Julian and Mike. Mike Arrigo, um, would you mind giving us a contact information if somebody wants to get in touch with you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh be happy to. Okay, uh my email address is my ham radio call sign, so this is going to be letters and numbers at first. So it's the letter N and the number zero and then O X Y. That's my ham radio call sign (laughs) at charter c H A R T E R dot net.
0: Great. One more time.
1: Sure. Uh N is in November. Zero O-X-Y at charter, C-H-A-R-T-E-R, dot net. Great. Thank
0: you very much. And Julian Vargas, how about your contact
1: information for any of our listeners?
2: Okay. Uh, I'll give the real easy one. Uh, I have a website, and that has all my uh, uh, contact, my email, my phone number, and even some uh, links to some uh, presentations that I've done. That's www.tech.org. Jv.com. so that's T-E-C-H-J-V, my initials, dot .com. If somebody wishes to reach me by phone, they can call me at area code 818-794-9554. Great.
0: And one more time for that phone number?
2: Area code 818-794-9554.
0: Great. Well, I think this information you gentlemen have shared has been really, really, really great. And uh, I really appreciate your time, and we hope to have you back on our show again. So to all the listeners out there, we hope that you join us next month when we bring you more information regarding low vision. So for CCLVI, good night, everybody.